politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for our right to breathe free air once again to the CNR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house. Almost forgot how to do that. You know, I'm out for a day and it's like I forget my own intro here. But folks, today is Thursday, September 9th. I know it is a short week and I apologize for that. So we really have to make up the ground. Uh, September 9th, believe it or not, is the anniversary of when we were called the United States of America by the Continental Congress. Uh, early on when they adopted the the declaration or declared independence on July 2nd of that year, 1776, believe it or not, they were called the United Colonies. Uh, it wasn't until September 9th, a couple months later, they were declared the United States. But now... Unity, unfortunately, is harming us because unity harmonizes tyranny at this point. Sadly, we no longer have the United States. Our only option is to evacuate ourselves and have a couple of states and areas where we're not under this biomedical security tyranny where they lock us into a virus that kills us and blocks all effective avenues of treatment. It is surreal watching how nothing is changing, including conservative media. They refuse to focus on this. The more the data comes out that vaccinated people are not only getting harmed by the vaccine, but are getting increasingly sick, filling up 40, 50% of hospitals in some areas, they look you in the eye and say, we're going to mandate it anyway. We're going to mandate it on everyone, on those who already have the virus, based on thousands of, of, of data points, hundreds of studies, have much better protection, and they block all treatment, and even the monoclonals, they refuse to make available to everyone. Still, so many people don't know about them. So we're going to discuss this and more with a new guest today. Yes, it is a doctor. I know we've had a lot of doctors on, but this one is a true hero we're going to have on later. But today's show is sponsored by iTarget. Those of you who are headed out on one of our front site trips in the next couple weeks, you're going to want to practice the skills you learn immediately. The muscle memory, the proper draw from the holster, the trigger control, the sight picture, sight alignment. But here's the problem. Ammo is kind of like ivermectin now. It's scarce and hard to get a hold of. So how could you afford to down? I used to down 500 rounds um, during a practice. So that's why iTarget invented a simple laser bullet you put in your, your gun. They have calibers for guns, rifles, um, all calibers. Uh, law, uh, law enforcement uses it to practice. And they have a propriety app where you shine your phone with the app on the target they give you. And it renders the shots just like as if you're making them. It also times your uh, shooting from the holster. Uh, really, with the with the promo code, you can usually get it for less than 100 bucks. So if you want free shipping plus 10% off, go with offer code CR at the checkout. When you, when you go to itargetpro.com, that is the smartest way to practice, and it pays for itself literally in one day. So it's the letter itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code CR. Now, folks, 
there's a lot to get to, a lot to catch up on. But I was thinking, you know, there's news today that uh, the Biden administration had to pull the nomination of their ATF director, uh, David Chipman. Okay, he was the guy at Waco, the butcher. And I'm thinking, again, why is it that it's only when it comes to guns and one or two other issues that conservatives and Republicans will finally be united? And it shows. It shows. The results show. But yet when it comes to any facet of the medical genocide that's taking place, all these red states that are just as bad as the blue states, the pharmacy boards, the medical boards, denying care, denying prescriptions, people are dying as we speak. We have genocide taking place in this country. We can't get anyone to deal with this. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's going on. You know, speaking of the United States, unity, I had a thought over the long weekend, at least for me, it was a long weekend. There was this slogan that came out at the beginning of COVID, we're all in this together. And obviously, the exact opposite ha- happened. They divided people. They needlessly forced things on people that didn't affect other people. My mask somehow protects you, but not me. My vaccine somehow protects me, uh, uh, you, but not me. And I was thinking, you know the tragedy? We've allowed them to try every illegal, immoral, illogical, counterproductive measure imaginable. And they failed miserably. So at all times, of all times, we should be at the ultimate unifying moment. We should really, truly be, in a sense, all in this together at this point. Whether you're vaccinated or not, assuming you didn't get prior infection, you're sadly in the same boat at this point. It is incontrovertibly clear. You are in the same boat. You know, here in Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan got up and said, 100% of the deaths are from unvaccinated. Well, this is from WBAL-TV, the CBS flagship here. Over the past three months in Anne Arundel County, about 30% of the people hospitalized with COVID are fully vaccinated. A similar trend in Howard County, where officials say 30 to 40% of people are hospitalized with COVID are fully vaccinated. Howard has very high vaccination rate, very, very high. And again, this is over the last three months. You can imagine this week, the new admissions, because it's a sliding scale. Like I said, I've been yelping this last couple months. I said... It, you can't pin it down to any degree of efficacy. It lasts for a few months after having terrible side effects, and then it wears off, and it wears off gradually, and while it leaks, it enhances the virus. So this should truly be a time of great humanity, where we shake hands and like, look, we tried the mask, we tried the lockdown, we tried the vaccine. But now it's spreading worse than ever. The vaccine enhanced it. And if you don't have prior infection, you're on the hook. Yes, not just for getting it and spreading it, but serious illness as well. And you certainly have to assume that. So how do we work together to help each other get through this? And I can tell you for my part, that's what I've been doing and working with other people that have given themselves over volunteering their time, their money, giving people advice. Here's how to prepare. Why isn't our government doing that? And I think you know the reason. It's genocide. There is no other reason. Oh, get vaccinated. No, but it's not working. Okay? 
37% of deaths in Massachusetts are now from vaccinated. Larry Hogan's out there. Oh, the immunocompromised need to get a shot. Well, they were the people that, that needed it the most. My father-in-law was telling me he just lost his neighbor who, um, I don't know if he was in remission or just came out of cancer and he died. I was like, well, he had cancer. Well, well what, what do you mean? That's why we needed the vaccine, especially for those people. According to Public Health England, if you look at their latest data from last Friday, 61% of all deaths were from COVID were from vaccinated. Oh, I get it. I know. It's, it's disproportionately the older. And among the older, it's like 90% vaccinated. And, and uh, you know, the disproportionate number of those most vulnerable are older. But again, those are the people who need it the most. Well, Daniel, there's still some efficacy because it should really be 80% um, dying are, are vaccinated. But, but that's nonsense. That's still a heck of a lot of people it's not working for. But also, increasingly, you have to assume it's going to be everyone. Thomas Massey, my, my buddy congressman from uh, Kentucky, he pointed this out. He found the wording of the change of vaccines. Pre-2015, CDC's wording used to be injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. Okay, that used to be the definition. Then in 2015, it was the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to specific disease. Now, it's the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. But now even that protection only lasts a few months. It doesn't even meet the definition, yet the federal government today is mandating it on everyone, on people already had the virus, no matter what, and shut up, nothing to talk about. The courts are nowhere to be seen other than creating collective county rights for a county government to mandate it on other people. That's what they put injunctions on. It's like I think of this, you know, 35-year-old woman in Oregon, very vaccinated state. And Heather Greeley, 35-year-old from Portland, she died. Um, she basically was double-vaxxed. And, you know, everyone was like, yeah, don't worry. And she struggled and struggled. And this is the thing, the people who are vaccinated really are not on alert. Eventually, she was ill enough that she had to go to the ER, and she died over a number of days later looking for an ECMO machine. They couldn't find one. What do you, what do you have to say for her? What do you have to say for her? And again, 35-year-old woman, I don't know what she had or didn't have, but 35-year-old women dying from this virus was extremely, extremely rare before this. No one wants to ask the two salient questions. Why are we not considering that a leaky vaccine is making it worse now that it's 10 times worse despite everyone being vaccinated, most people being vaccinated? And number two, why are we blocking early treatment? Again, we're going to explore 
these questions because we can't move beyond them, even though there's so much more to talk about. The border, the refugees. Now, folks, you, you need to understand this entire thing came about through censorship. Censorship is enabled by us giving all the internet providers our information so they could sell it and screw us with it. Okay? There is no way, even that incognito mode on your browser is nonsense. It's not incognito. To really stop people from seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I did, and that's use ExpressVPN. You know, one of the things is I hate putting things on my computer. I'm just bad at tech. My 11-year-old is much better than me. Um, I'm kind of old-fashioned in that sense. But it was so easy. It's literally the click of a button, and boom, you know, you could um, just download the app, and with one button, you tap it, connect, and your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes on all of your devices. Um, ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all of your network data, reroutes it through a network of secure servers. Everything truly is private. Um, I am so happy this year that I took the leap and did that. I can't believe until this year I wasn't protecting it. This is a simple thing you can do to protect your privacy from big tech. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash conservative. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash conservative to get three extra months free of your activation. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash conservative. Never allow big tech to browse your private information for you. Now, before we bring on our special guest, I just want to go through um, just you know a couple couple other things I'm seeing here. You know, let's not forget that it's not like the vaccine is pain free. I'm sure a lot of you saw the preprinted study that came out yesterday that 12 to 17 year old boys are two to six times more likely to be hospitalized for myocarditis from the vaccine than from the virus. And again, this is just one, one side effect. I don't want people to get too caught up in myocarditis as if it, like, it's generally a safe vaccine, but that's the one problem. The spike protein can do a number of things to you. You know, I've had someone in my extended family reach out to me like, hey, Daniel, uh, you know, about some of those doctors I've heard you've had on your show, uh, could you help me out here? My daughter is terrified she hasn't gotten her period in over three months. Hmm. Nothing to see. It's, it's just, it'll, it'll come back. No, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure that won't have any bearings on fertility. No, 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 no. And this is very common, so much so that the NIH just commissioned a $1.5 million study on fertility. Well, are we the lab rats? Don't you first study that and then you make a vaccine available? Instead, they mandate it. They're mandating it on all the federal workforce now. And then they'll study it. And the one thing I love about the left, what they do is they hit you at your strong point, not your weak point. And they're smart about that. They're now saying ivermectin causes fertility problems in 85% of males. 85% of males who use it. I guess all of Africa is infertile. They'll project anything that they're doing with their stuff on what we're doing. WHO safest medication, Nobel Prize winning. It's written about with more reverence than anything ever. It's er er eradicated COVID in most of India, all of India that used it. Suddenly now 85%. 
I mean, at least if you're going to lie, make it believable. It was some Nigerian study, like a Nigerian prince uh, study. I'm not kidding you. It came from Nigeria. Unbelievable. But you look one after another. You know, the top 10 vaccinated states are having their worst surge ever. Vermont, Massachusetts, Maine. Maine is having their record number. Okay, New Mexico, Washington State, shattering records. All the top vaccinated states. No one wants to talk about that. The only thing I have not yet seen evidence for, but I think would be the next shoe to drop, and I would be surprised if it didn't at this point, is that eventually, within a month or two or three or whenever, the vaccinated will qualitatively be worse off. Okay, first they were better, but transmitting it then you know a good number of them are getting very sick as well and now it's almost becoming even that would be the next shoe to drop so we have a lot more with that going on as well but i want to get to our special guest today now as we introduce our special guest today i did want to share just one article with you to frame this issue, and I thought it was very telling. Slate Magazine, I actually agree with them. They did an article, a hit job, on Joe Rogan. You know, they're so ticked off that he got healed so quickly with ivermectin and the monoclonals, and they're like, man, that just, that, that, that can't stand. And one of the points they mentioned, so they're trying to create this paradigm in their mind where there's this two-tiered system, and they're right, just not in the way they say it, where there's these wealthy, connected, you know, successful radio show hosts that get better treatment. Studies have shown, they say, that the wealthier you are, the better the treatment you're getting for COVID. The wealthy and the powerful are having access to treatments that the average Joe doesn't get, and they're doing a playoff of Joe Rogan. And I was thinking, man, they're right, not in the way they mean it, but this is the problem, that your average Joe, I consider myself an elite, not because I have money, I actually don't, but because I've been fortunate enough in the line of work that I do to be around doctors like Dr. Cole and Dr. Hansen and McCullough and Pierre Corey and all these guys that I could call up and in the kindness of their heart, they have helped friends of mine and people I know or audience people in the show audience or people that know people that I know and yada yada and they for free are willing to treat what others refuse to do an eminently treatable virus if you catch it when it's treatable like anything else in medicine that is the true uh, elite I guess you'd say but we want to share that with everyone and these vermin are preventing us now who better to bring on to discuss this point than Dr. Ben Marble He is a uh, Florida panhandle doctor, family practitioner. So this is a type of guy that's going to be frontline, family medicine. But here's the deal. A couple months ago, when he saw no one was treating this, he created MyFreeDoctor.com. I've been promoting them a lot the last couple months. I've been sending people there. Unfortunately, now you have 0.11% of doctors now responsible for the treatment of an entire country. Oh, but rather than the government saying, look, we suck. We don't want to treat. So you know what? We're going to do everything we can to help you. Not only don't they do that, they actually get in their way. So with us is Dr. Marble to discuss this endeavor, 
the successes, the challenges, and much, much more. Dr. Marble, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Well, I've been meaning to have you for a long time. So let's start from the beginning. How did you start with this? I know you've been a part of that frontline group that went to Washington. You've been advocating from day one that we're you know, sitting and fighting over lockdowns and masks and schools and this and that. And you were part of the group that said, look, there's one critical thing we're all forgetting. This is not COVID-19 per se. It's a meaningless term. It's inflammation and thrombosis. And it's not something novel. We know how to treat it as, as, as long as you treat it early. Um, but then, you know, no one, no one was listening. We had deaths just pile up. What prompted you to start My Free Doctor? And could you discuss some of the successes, how it works, and what people sure. could do to get involved? Well, I, basically, you know, at the start of the pandemic back March of 2020, I realized pretty early on that uh, the official policies on high from all the alphabet organizations seemed to not make a lot of sense to me. And one of the big ones being that they were just not, there was no treatment. And, and the, the official policy still to this day, the official policy from, I call him Dr. Death Falsy, his official policy at the NIH and CDC, FDA, et cetera, is no treatment until after you're in the hospital. So it's literally impossible to reduce hospitalizations if you do not start treatment until after you're in the hospital. Uh, the, you know, the cornerstone foundation of all good medicine is you treat every health problem as early as you can. And like you were saying with COVID, we know there's a few simple problems. There's basically three issues. There's the viral load, there's inflammation, and there's clot. So we can use anti-inflammatory drugs and anti-clotting drugs and antivirals as well. And that just seemed to be a common sense approach. We've We've treated, you know, for decades now, all viral illnesses are treated with multi, multiple drugs in combination uh, to attack them, specifically like HIV. That's, that's the standard uh, way, way we treat that. So it made sense to me. Why not try the same multi-drug combo approach? Use drugs to treat the inflammation. Use drugs to treat the clots. Use drugs, drugs to reduce the viral load. So in March 18th of uh, 2020, I became the first American MD that I'm aware of to uh, advocate for the use of hydroxychloroquine, Zithromax, and zinc. Um, not long thereafter, Dr. Zelenko did an open letter to uh, President Trump about that, and that became known as the Zelenko Protocol. Uh, of course, there was a big media stink about you know when Trump mentioned hydroxychloroquine, but around that same time, Trump also mentioned that he wanted doctors to practice across state lines. And when he said that, I instantly had this sort of eureka moment in my head. I thought, wow, that means I can, I can treat people for free in all 50 states. So I knew that, you know, there was a, you know, the pandemic was going on and there was a tremendous need. So I just started treating people for free in all 50 states. And uh, eventually uh, that snowballed and uh, started asking for donations. And then I wound up going to D.C. with the, you know, the American Frontline Doctors event. And, uh, you know, a long road, but the bottom line adds up today. We just passed 60,000 free doctor visits delivered. Approximately 50% of those are, were acute COVID, so approximately 30,000 acute COVID patients. We've only had four deaths, so that's the survival rate. Our survival rate using multiple drug early treatment protocol, which is the McCulloch protocol, um, our survival rate is 99.99%. So knowing the numbers I know that's, you know, what Joe Rogan took, whether Joe Rogan knows it or not, that's the McCulloch protocol that he took, which is the monoclonal antibody, the ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, 
uh, prednisone. You can use Zithromax or doxycycline, uh, some colchicine. There's a few other drugs that we use. And we sure, customize that patient. Yes, budesonide, phenocybrate. There's a few others. We customize it for each patient based on what they tell us. And we sure. follow them over time. And so, so three things that, that gives us these results. One, it's the prescription drugs. Two, it's the over-the-counter supplements, the vitamin C, the vitamin D, the zinc, the quercetin, and acetylcysteine, et cetera. But the third thing that we do that helps the patient is we, we're giving them hope. We're giving them a free, easy communication system to communicate and get prescriptions with a physician to get their questions answered so that they're not, you know, because what, what has happened all across America, 99% of doctors are sitting on the sidelines. We're in the, we're in the healthcare Super Bowl of our lifetime. Most doctors are sitting on the sidelines. You, you get COVID, you call your doctor. What do they do? They're afraid. That doctor's afraid. I call these doctors falsy doctors. They're not yep. real doctors. They're fake doctors. They won't treat you. And, and, you and I want and, and, and Dr. Marble, I just want to uh, punctuate your point there. They, they won't treat COVID. It's not just ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. Most people never heard of them, so it's easy to demagogue. But let's talk about things people know. They won't even prescribe a Z-Pack, or if they're already experiencing the you know the blood oxygen levels dropping, they won't prescribe prednisone when they prescribe it right. like water for a hundred other things. They won't recommend anything. It's 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 this it's global mass psychosis and, and includes doctors. Doctors are brainwashed by the same posse. I call it the medical Marxist COVID cult. That's the big picture of what's going on. Doctor Beth <laughs> Falsey is the cult leader. He's dishing out the uh, Haxine flavored Kool Aid, and uh, you know if you compare now to World War II, nineteen forty one, you had the swastika. Now we have the mask. The mask is the new swastika. Um, in 1940s, we had the gas chamber. Well, now we have the Haxine. Um, I, I could go on and on. We had Hitler in, in World War II. Now we have Falsey. He's the leader of this, of this scenario. Yep. Uh, so the comparisons, and you know, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. So we have all these people, uh, the vir virtue signalers wearing the mask. They don't even realize the mask does not stop COVID at all. It does no good. It's a simple explanation for why the mask doesn't stop COVID. You can get COVID in your eyes. The mask doesn't cover your eyes. Take off the stupid mask. All you're doing is it, it's the moral equivalent of wearing a swastika. Um, so anyway, uh, it, you know, the big picture on that is, is we have this mass global psychosis, which the doctors are impacted by it too. They're following what I call falsy science, which is the corrupt billionaire class. They pay for 10 studies to be, produce and they they publish the one study that gets the results that make them money and then they bury the nine studies that give the results that don't make them money and so that's what i call falsy science it's not real science it's corrupt falsy science and these falsy doctors they follow the falsy science no treatment until you're in the hospital and so so you get sick with covid you call your doctor they tell you don't come here don't come to my office there's no treatment which is a lie and uh, then they say, if you're dying, go to the hospital. And I've heard this story thousands of times, literally, from all across America. And it's a real, sh it's, I'm really ashamed of, of, of my profession as a whole because there really are less than a thousand doctors treating all of America right now. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's, is, that is what is so scary. Um, that is how, what is really scary. There's a, so the doctor you pick is, will determine whether or not you survive or not. Because if you pick a falsy doctor, your odds of dying go way up. If you pick a free doctor, a real doctor who will actually treat you, uh, your odds of survival go way up. And it's, it's a night and day difference. So we just encourage everybody to come uh, and we'll, we'll treat everybody for free. We deliver our prescriptions for free. We give you advice. 
Uh, we follow you over, over the course of your illness. And, uh, you know, if people want to donate, great. If they can't, then that's fine. We still treat you. So, Absolutely. Um, so, in other words, what they accuse you of doing, you're actually doing the opposite. They accuse you of not caring about the uh, virus. In fact, you were the first one, March 18th of last year, talking about treatment um, that could have saved almost everyone who died. And and again, I think even the few breakthroughs you get, typically they are they come relatively late in the game. Um, and also, you know, p- part of the problem is I tell everyone, you know, often because the system is so loaded now and there's so few doctors doing it, it's very hard to get that treatment we should get. If every PCP would know their patient follow up, it's not just a matter of a protocol. It's a matter of, like you said, the right drug at the right time for the right symptom for the right person. That's what we do with everything else. That's what we don't have now. Now, I want to get to some of the challenges you're experiencing. But first, um, just a word from our sponsor today. Uh, This interview is sponsored by our buddies at Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, Right now, we have no representation in the courts, and we certainly see that, by the way, with COVID. Um, But the ADF has been standing up for religious liberty, sanctity of life, freedom of speech, marriage, parental rights, and America's highest courts for three decades. Go to ADFlegal.org, download uh, slash CR, ADFlegal.org slash CR, Download their uh, Generational Wins. That's the title of their ebook, and you'll understand the vitality of their work. Um, much like MyFreeDoctor.com, they, they they do things pro bono, um, so they rely on the generosity of your um, donations. So look, folks, it's not like the ACLU where there's unlimited funds. They really don't. Uh, if we want them to expand their purview, we need you guys to help out. Go to ADFlegal.org slash CR. That's ADFlegal. Dot org slash CR. Now, while you're at it, also go to myfreedoctor.com. Um, so, Dr. Marble, obviously, I used to refer people, let's say, before this, what I call the Pfizer wave, um, the leaky vaccine wave that enhanced the virus, created greater viral load. People get sicker, uh, quicker, younger. Um, before that happened, this was working spectacularly. I, I would be able to refer people. They'd email me, Daniel, I got a hold of people. People would even tell me they'd got Dr. Cole. I've had Molly James on. Um, obviously, we've had several others uh, that are affiliated with with your group, and it's worked great. But inevitably, the problem was once this wave came about, people are desperate. People are desperate for prophylaxis. People are desperate for a treatment. They already have it. You have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, um, and now the system is so delayed that no matter where they go, it could take a week to see someone. Then you have the embargo on prescriptions, so it takes even longer mm-hmm. to get the prescription. And what, you know, to correct me if I'm wrong, but what I hear from Dr. Cole and all these other guys, and I'm certainly seeing with friends of mine, that the period from the viral stage to the inflammatory stage is really truncated now, and you really got to hit it hard, hit it early, and, you know, sometimes it's too late. What are some of the challenges you're having and how are you working through them? Well, certainly one of the big ones is the pharmacists, the war. There's a war in America between doctors that are willing to treat and the pharmacists. Uh, And this has been going on for over a year. A year ago, about 20% of pharmacists would not fill a prescription for hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And you would have to argue with them. And I I got tired of arguing with them. So I just created a policy. I don't talk to pharmacists anymore, ever at all. If they don't just simply fill the prescription, I just immediately change the pharmacy in the, in the e-prescribe and send it to another pharmacy and tell that patient to never go to that pharmacist again. 
so that's one of the the no talking to the pharmacy policy has actually worked really well. The problem now we're seeing though is that the rate of refusal is going up a bit. Instead of it being twenty percent, it may be thirty to forty percent now. That if you write for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, that they're less likely to fill. But we have ways around that. We can use mail order pharmacies and other things. We generally still are able to get the patients the meds. Is the good news. Now, I would certainly encourage everybody to get their prescriptions before they get sick. The idea that uh, you know people can come in. Now everybody's going to catch it. So tell us, you know, your history, and we can scribe so that you have meds at home, so that the first day of illness you can do like Joe Rogan did and start treatment on day one. Because if you're behind the eight ball, like he said, this Delta variant it does hit a little quicker. Uh, the the early treatment is the key to success. So you don't want to be, you know, starting treatment on day you know ten. Uh, you're far better off starting dirt treatment on day one or day two than you are going to be if you start treatment on day 10. Uh, and a lot of people think, oh, the first week or the first few days or so, it's no big deal. And then, you know, about day seven, day eight, all of a sudden they're just got run over by a Mack truck. So it's that, always best just, just because you feel okay on day two or three, don't think, that, oh, you're going to have it easy and you're going to make it and self do this. This disease is killing a lot of people. So you, everybody needs treatment, whether you're healthy or not. I, I encourage everybody to get on the multi-drug early treatment protocols uh, and don't, don't rely on just one drug either because there are multiple drugs and supplements we use so that if there's one drug you can't get, you still have all the other ones that, that are still going to help with the inflammation and the clotting and, and, and increase your odds of survival and, and you still get the feedback from our team that will help you to you know make the right decision. So, uh, you know, don't be dismayed if there's one drug that you cannot get because you still have, you know, six, seven, eight others that will help. And, you know, our team will still help people to beat this. And, you know, like I said, we have a 99.9% survival rate of our patients. I will say the four, we lost four patients that passed away. Three of those four did not even take the medicines. They refused to take it, but I still mentioned them uh, because, you know, they were still our patients, but, you know, some patients are non-compliant, won't, won't take the medicine. So, but uh, the patients that did actually take it, we've only lost one. But um, and that patient started treatment relatively late. But the, you know, facts speaking for themselves, the, these treatments do work. They do help. Ivermectin is a great drug. Hydroxychloroquine is a great drug. Hydroxychloroquine is best started before you get sick and started mm-hmm. early. Uh, Ivermectin is probably the better drug if you're starting treatment a little late. Um, what what, what is the prophylaxis the- dose for hydroxy? Hydroxy, you can take uh, uh, one pill once a week. Uh, Stella Manuel, she calls it the Sunday, Sunday dosing. Uh, you just take one pill a week, one 200-milligram pill once a week, and that will reduce your odds. Of, it's not 100% effective, but it does decrease the odds of, of you catching it. For example, I've got one patient that's been on hydroxychloroquine once a week since March of last year and has been exposed countless times and it's not caught COVID yet. You know what? Taking um, one pill a week, I mean, people... Um, take heavy-duty medications for the rest of their lives for all sorts of ailments, it's a lot less draconian than not seeing your grandkids for the rest of your life, you know, um, not, not experiencing life, and that's that's the thing. Um, and obviously these drugs are safe. Are you experiencing... Mm-hmm. Sure. Are you experiencing now a, um, a supply issue? Meaning even if you can get a sane, you know, independent pharmacist that's not bought into the cartel, but is there a supply they, issue now? They are certainly the supply so it is getting harder to to, to get uh, ivermectin specifically 
So there's certainly uh, no question that I guess it's the billionaires or whoever's in control is or artificially manipulating the supply. I mean, look at hydroxychloroquine. They blew up the hydroxychloroquine plant a year ago, just magically exploded randomly. Um, so there's nefarious, uh, there's uh, nefarious things at work here because, you know, the issue was that if there was any legitimate treatment, then they would get no emergency use authorization for the vaccines. So they had to vilify hydroxychloroquine. They had to vilify ivermectin. But these drugs are safe. This is absurd. You know, uh, hydroxychloroquine, pregnant women can take it. It's over the counter in many countries. Both of these drugs, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, they're both safer than Tylenol. There's more deaths from Tylenol every year than all the decades. If you combine hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin together, all the deaths associated with those would be less deaths than one year of Tylenol. You know, mm. so the safety, these drugs are super, super safe, uh, ivermectin and, and uh, hydroxychloroquine. Now, now, pregnant women should not take ivermectin. I will say that in general, okay. but they can take hydroxychloroquine. I, I get a lot of those questions. I mean, because uh, a lot of, I, I've dealt with a couple of cases. They're very scary. It's scary to be carrying a fetus and having your blood oxygen level drop, even, even still in the 90s, but like low 90s. And until now, look, you know, last year, my sister-in-law was pregnant. She had the virus. It was a joke. It was a cold like it typically is with a lot of women in their 30s. But now with the Mm -hmm. new Pfizer variant and the increased viral load, I'm seeing a ton of people in their 30s get very sick from this. And that includes pregnant women. So what are some of the options that they have? What are some of the things they should be doing? Well, certainly uh, pregnant women, uh, they can come to my free doctor. We can prescribe them once a week hydroxychloroquine to take uh, to reduce their odds of getting of getting COVID. Uh, the other thing I would advise pregnant women, uh, you know, the vaccine. No pregnant woman should take these vaccines. These, these are not real vaccines. These are fake vaccines, by the way. And I'm going to just say this right now. Uh, Dr. Death Falsi, the greatest mass murderer in the history of the world, he he funded the Wuhan lab. He created COVID. So those 200 million deaths are on him. They're all on him. He needs yep. to be arrested and in prison. The man needs to serve time. Now he's 80 something years old. So I know he doesn't have a whole lot of time left, but he needs to be held accountable for this uh, because, you know, millions and millions of people because of his evil, greedy, narcissistic, he's a mad scientist. He's, it's like uh, Jurassic Park, and instead of dinosaurs, we have a virus, and Dr. Death Falsi's the bad guy, you know, in the movie. So that's how I see it. Uh, uh, but uh, what people can do to protect themselves and their family, one, don't take the poison. That's the, the big because, you know, we can treat you with early treatment, but if you take arsenic the same day you take the early treatment, then, you're you know, you're not going to do so well. So, um I just try to, I'm probably the only doctor you'll speak to. I haven't recommended a single dose of vaccine for a single patient because back in December when they were first coming out, I thought, okay, they rushed these into production. The shortest time a vaccine has ever been produced was four years and they produced this in nine months. Well, that tells me right there, it's obviously not going to be safe. Fast science is never good science. Fast science is always bad science. So I just did the safe, conservative thing. I just said, told my patients, I sent out a mass message to our patients. I cannot recommend these vaccines for anyone. Uh, they don't even really meet the definition of the word vaccine. Uh, but we'll reassess in six months. And if they've proven to be safe, then, it, then I'll say I was wrong. They're safe. Let's go ahead and recommend them. But the problem was, is if you look at openvarus.com and look at the numbers, there have been thousands and thousands of deaths already. Now, you know, the FDA, if there's 25 deaths, they're supposed to pull a drug off the market. 
But the problem is the medical Marxist COVID cult members, they're all in charge of all the alphabet agencies, including the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, FBI, CIA, CNN, MSNBC. I could go on and on. They're in charge of all of the alphabet organizations, and they won't follow their own rules. They won't follow the rules to pull, pull these vaccines. There have been you know, over 20,000 deaths, and that's the low estimate. If you look at the you know, Harvard estimated that the VAERS death only represented 1% of the actual number. So if, if you know, you had two zeros to the end of it, that's, you know, a couple hundred thousand deaths already. And that's only in nine months since this program started. We've had more deaths already than the past 30-something years of all record-keeping of all vaccines combined. So these poisonous mRNA vaccines need to be banned immediately would be my overall point. Uh, and then we have to deal with what to do after that, because half the planet's already received these. And so there's one theory that people are going to get what's called antibody-dependent enhancement, and that it's going to kill the majority of people who get these in a two- to three-year time frame. And then the problem is they would blame all the deaths on anything but the vaccine. They would blame it on variants or blame it on anything else other than the obvious cause. I mean, yes. you know, for example, if you get the vaccine and you drop dead two days later, they don't count count that you're not considered fully vaxxed until 14 days after you get the shot so if you get the shot wind up in the hospital they don't count your hospitalization as a vaccine related hospitalization or even if you die they count it as covid death not a vaccine death so they're just it, they're it's all smoke and mirrors it's a big shell game to you know, it's like the, it reminds me of my statistics book how to lie with statistics they just use all science to lie and manipulate the agenda to do whatever they want, not based on actual science. You know, when Dr. Beth Falsey says, I am science, that should tell you everything you need to know. That guy's an ego, ego maniacal loser, and uh, he needs to be in prison and held accountable for what has happened. Now, uh, whether that happens or not remains to be seen, but all we can do is keep trying to deliver treatment as early as possible to as many patients as we can. So that, uh, you know, we can save as many lives as possible. Uh, and so we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to add doctors to our to our team. And we've got about 25 doctors right now on the team. A lot of great 25 doctors. Uh, 25 doctors. Doctor, so let me ask you. I'll try to, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no. So, so well, before you name them, what – I have a lot of doctors who listen to this show – are you looking for more? I mean, what could people do? Because, I'm, you know, there is a backlog now, and, you know, time is of the essence. A lot of people can't get stuff in time. you got the, the, the medicines take longer to come. You have the pharmacies giving problems now. And then there's a dearth of doctors. So could doctors contact you and say, hey, I want to be on call a certain amount of time? Sure. Our doctors, our free doctors, they, it's a work-at-your-own-pay system. So that if you got 30 minutes here to pick up a few patients, you just tell our team, okay, I want five patients, and we'll give you five patients. If you want 20 patients, we give you 20. If you want zero patients that day, we give you zero. So it's up to the doctors when they work. And uh, so certainly any, you know, any doctor that's willing to deliver free early treatment uh, and, and be on the team, uh, just email me, BenMarbleMD at MyFreeDoctor.com, and uh, send me your CV. And uh We'll try to get you know as many doctors added to the team as we can, uh, and that's kind of what we've been doing. And we're actually having our own website and server made. Uh, it's not ready yet. We've had some delays on that, but hopefully it'll be ready in the next month or so. And once we get on our own website and server, it's going to make things a little bit better and make it a little easier to onboard the doctors. But uh, we can still onboard them onto our current system. Um, not it's not that difficult, but. Uh, 
obviously we need more doctors. We're doing about a thousand patients a day right now, but, uh, you know, the more doctors wow. we have, the more patients we can handle. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep doing that and keep adding doctors. And, uh, we're, all, we're also hiring tech support. So if we, any tech geeks out there, you know, 20 mm. something year olds that are, that are tech savvy people, that's the main two jobs we have is, is, is doctors and then tech support. But we have to have uh, about one tech support person for every three doctors or so, uh, because, what we do, the tech support does is say you go to myfreedoctor.com, all the steps of how, how to, to get care are there. Step one, you have to download that. Step two, you enter your pharmacy. Step three, we have a series of, of medical questions for you to answer. Now, some people like, you know, they're in their eighties and they're half blind and they can't type. Well, our tech support will get them on the phone and we'll type in all the answers for them. So we get all of our answers to all of our relevant medical questions. And after those three steps are complete, that's when the doctor's added to the patient's chart. So the doctor, when the doctor signs in, he has a complete full chart to read that's already completed with all the answers. So it makes it a more streamlined, easy system for us. And then the doctor uh, can either ask questions if they want or if, or if there's no questions needed to be asked, can just go ahead and send prescriptions right away and then send our discharge instructions. That's what I call step four. And then that's it. They're done. They go pick up their prescriptions, and then they can keep in touch with us if, if they're acutely ill and let us know their symptoms on a day-to-day basis, and we can then modify things as necessary. Um, so that's basically – it's a KISS uh, model, keep it simple, stupid model. And um, we, we, we just try to keep it as basic and as simple as we can, and that three-step system is, is what does it. And, and uh, so when patients go to myfreedoctor.com, just follow the steps. And uh, if 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 you're acutely ill and you've completed the steps and you're having trouble getting through to us because there is a backlog, we do have a, a high volume, then just send an email to benmarbleymd at myfreedoctor.com or send an email to admin at myfreedoctor.com, either one of those emails. Wow. And uh, for the acutely ill patients, because we really try to focus on getting the acutely ill people treated first each day. And then we go, after we do that, then we send out the scripts for the people who aren't acutely ill that are wanting prophylaxis or whatever. Sure. No, I mean, that's what you got to do triage. And it's just unbelievable thinking how our government has spent more money on this than World War II. They spent so much money, except zero dollars on actually combating it, actually treating it um, so easily. And in fact, you know, if every uh, PCP were instructed to do so, you wouldn't even need the government to do anything. Yeah. Um, but but the, well, I'm assuming you're not getting any help from from state or federal government. No, we are not. This was the critical error that uh, Fauci made. Uh, whether it's an error or whether he did it on purpose is, is debatable. I certainly think he did it on purpose. He knows what he's doing. All, uh, all disease specialists know you never do mass vaccination campaigns in the middle of a pandemic. It always makes everything worse. He knows that. So he put all of our eggs into the vaccine basket. Well, it should be obvious to everybody by now that that was an epic failure of the worst kind. I mean, we the, we followed Fauci's policies for a year. What did it get us? It got us the highest COVID death toll on the planet. So now they want to double down on all the policies that we know don't work. If, if we do that, the next year, guess what? We're still going to have the highest death toll on the planet. So we have to pivot and change and ignore everything that they say. Throw all his policies out the window. Masks don't work. Throw them away. Social distancing does not work. Lockdowns do not work, okay? Fake vaccines that are poisonous and kill you do not work unless you're trying to kill people. Uh, but what does work, multiple drug early treatment at home. You can call it the Joe Rogan protocol, the McCullough protocol, the name of it doesn't really matter. But the multi-drug early treatment, that does work. 
and and it's given us a 99.99% survival rate of our patients thus far. So we would encourage everybody to 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 get it. You know, we want to help as many people as we can. That's you know that's why I became a doctor. Exactly to, to tell people it's, and yep, it's crazy. Go ahead. What's going on? What's going on right now is crazy. I, I can't it's imagine really it. it. It would be like I tell people it's like one winter, um, the entire medical profession getting it together and saying, look, we're not going to treat um, any winter pathogen, strep throat, bronchitis, whatever. We're not treating it this year. <clears throat> you know, bacterial pneumonia. Uh, forget about that. We're not treating that. Um, staph infections. We're going to wait till it gets into the bloodstream. You know, um, Lyme disease. We're not going to take the warning of the you know, the famous rash that you see, we'll wait till it gets into the system. I mean, we've never done that before. It, 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 COVID testing is like the equivalent of having a pain-free colonoscopy every minute and every day and then seeing the polyps and like, yeah, you know, we're not going to do anything about that. Um, yeah. COVID is everywhere except for where it is. And a 70-year-old diabetic calls up and says, I have COVID. The, the doctor's like, hey, drop dead. I got nothing for you. And it's shocking. So how could people help to bolster your operation so you can get people treated more expeditiously? Well, um, certainly just word of mouth, uh, sharing our website with with your friends and family uh, will help. And and, and we're going to continue to add doctors. So our our numbers will continue to grow over time. Certainly people can do their own things to boost their own immunity. Uh, for example, one of the biggest weight, uh, one of the biggest risk factors is if you're overweight, you need to lose weight because obesity is a tremendous risk factor for death and winding up, you know, in the ICU. So, uh, boosting your immunity, uh, losing weight, exercising, having a healthier diet, certainly taking all the supplements to get your vitamin levels up to where they need to be. All these things will help long-term and just sharing the word with everybody else, certainly discouraging anybody from taking these vaccines. You know, that if you've already taken them, you've already taken them. You can't untake the vaccine, you know. Um, so we, we treat everybody regardless of whether they've had the vaccine or not. We discourage it, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to discriminate against you if you made the mistake of doing that. You are know, are you getting a number right. of people? Are you getting a number of people we, who are vaccinated we, seeking treatment? We certainly are having quite a bit of vaccine side effects and uh, people coming to us. Uh, yes, yes. Um, you know, we basically, we see a few different types of patients. One, we see the people who are, who aren't sick with COVID, but they're worried about getting it, the prophylactic patients. We, we see the acute COVID patients. We see the long COVID. They had it and they recovered, but they're still having some symptoms. And then we see the vaccine side effects. Um, you know, uh, people having all sorts of bizarre, some of the strangest symptoms, you know, neurological symptoms, seizures, uh, spasticity, uh, certainly the clotting problems. So there's a lot of that um, we've seen, you know, people, the other thing you need to treat people who had the vaccine as if they have active COVID. For example, if you're a pregnant woman, you don't want to hang out with somebody who got the vaccine a few days ago, because we've had cases of that where the women had miscarriages after they spent time around vaccinated people because the vaccinated, they spread this, they shed the spike protein everywhere they go. That's why I say they're the COVID carrier super spreaders because, um, they, the vaccine makes you shed the spike protein. I'm not sure why anybody would want to do that. I, I, I explain it like this to people. If you get the vaccine, it, it basically makes you allergic to COVID in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Does that sound like a good idea to be allergic to COVID in the middle of a pandemic? 
And when I say allergic, I'm talking about the antibody-dependent enhancement because each time somebody that's had the vaccine gets COVID or one of the variants, they'll catch it and they'll get sick, but each subsequent illness is sicker. So like if you're allergic to shrimp, the first time you eat shrimp, you'll have a, a bit of a reaction, but the second time the reaction is going to be worse, the third time it's going to be worse. So about the fourth or fifth time, you're going to have a severe allergic reaction and you're going to die, right? So that's the theory of, and it's what happened in all the test animals on these vaccines. They did okay at first, but when they subsequently got the, the uh, coronaviruses, the majority, vast majority of them all died. So that's why the theory by uh, Van den Bosch and some of the others is that a majority of the people who have had the vaccine, it, it's a genetic hack. I call it the hack scene. It's like if you hack your computer, it's a genetic hack of your genetic code. So ha- hacking your man, ma- your, your, your God-given genetic code with a man-made product is not the best idea. I, I, I say that's a horrible idea. Besides, it permanently marks your DNA. So you're marked forever. It's permanent. It can't be undone. So in the long, you know, we, we don't know. We, we know that we're already seeing, like Dr. Cole, he's seeing increased cancer rates. Uh, the uh, vaccine concentrates in the ovaries and the testicles. The people who do survive are going to probably wind up sterile. So that we're going to see increased sterility rates. We're going to see all sorts of increased cancer rates. Um, nothing good's coming from these. Even if we stop the vac, if all the vaccines were banned tomorrow, we're still going to have all these problems because half the planet's already received them and going to have the long-term complications. So we still have to deal with that no matter what. But these vaccines need to be pulled off the market as soon as possible. I can't say that any stronger. Um, well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen given our government. So, so the question is from our end. They don't have to pull them. No, and, and, and they don't care. So my question is from RN. I'm getting this from a lot of people. They're very concerned that you know a lot of people took the time to read that PBS article about Merrick's disease from the failed leaky chicken vaccine. And it really reads like a reality right now that you know a lot of these people before it wore off, now it kind of wore off, especially Pfizer, but the last couple of months, they a number of them did have some amelioration of symptoms, but then that allowed them to carry a very high viral load. They blasted people who didn't get the vaccine. So my concern, my question to you is this, and I've asked all the doctors I've had on the last couple of weeks, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Are you finding chinks in the armor of your protocols or are they still holding up even for what I call the Pfizer variant? I would say they're still holding up very well. Uh, from what I'm hearing from my patients, we're still getting really good results. Part of that is ivermectin treats all variants. It, it, that's the duty of ivermectin. Why it's such well, a What about the drug. viral load? Uh, my, my, uh, but my issue the, is the, vi- the, the, higher, when the I, viral, yeah. viral load overall. Certainly yes. that, that is what's making people get sicker quicker. Uh, but if, if they start the early treatment, they're still having good outcomes, and there's, you know majority of our patients are not winding up in the hospital. Now, also, I don't want to downplay the monoclonal antibodies. I highly recommend the monoclonal antibody for everybody. That is part of the protocol. Uh, a lot of people are not aware of that. Certainly, Governor DeSantis uh, has started to increase the PR on that here recently in Florida because you know, Trump put this monoclonal antibody uh program into existence but nobody knew about it so nobody knew that nobody knows about it it. you get it for free it's free so if you get covid in the first 10 days you need to go get the monoclonal antibody you you do a search for where the center is close to you and you go to it and you get it um that's florida quickly covid well that's yeah that 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 that, 
That, it, no, no, but what program. I'm saying is, in, uh, no, I know it's a national program, but I'm saying in other states, they some of them still require a prescription, make it harder. Sometimes there's yeah. restrictions it, if you're not old enough. I mean, I mean, this is, this is the yeah. big problem. And I think to speak to your point, Ben, about this um, global genocide campaign, what really convinced me and why I have no problem saying it blatantly, just like you, is because it is the monoclonals. Because I said to myself, look. Okay, you want to say this is the dirty, right-wing, iwi, ivermectin, whatever. Okay, fine. But the monoclonals, I mean, that's the cool kids. This is the expensive, um, you know, big pharma stuff. And yet, what happened was big pharma got their money out the door, done. They bought it in bulk. So then once yep. it, was, it, it was bought there, well, God forbid should you save a life with it. And I'm finding highly educated people, um, you know, I, I tell them about my free doctor. I, I refer people to people like Dr. Cole that have been so kind to treat people for free and all sorts of things. But I tell them, hey, did you look up where to get the monoclonals? And they're like, Daniel, what's monoclonals? I never heard of that. Just like they tell me, Daniel, what's a pulse oximeter? I never heard of that. And it's and these are educated people. But I mean, this is how badly the government covered up any modicum of effective treatment. Nobody's ever heard of the betadine irrigation, you know, so important in, mm -hmm. in, in taking down the viral load early on, maybe even prophylactically. You know, you feel you're around people, shoot this stuff up your nose. I mean, simple things that are go way beyond ivermectin or anything like that. And, and you know, stuff that everyone's heard of. It's not like I ivermectin, unfortunately, is new to people again. So it's easy to demagogue something that sounds new. Um, but I'm talking about stuff either officially endorsed by government in some way or uh, just so benign. Uh, so th to me, I cannot um, – I can't wrap my arms around that with anything that's not sinister. And I'll give you the last word just with – through the prism of this final point. You know, you have someone who uh, is like the Smith family in Ohio. This is Westchester Hospital there outside of Cincinnati. And the judge just reversed his opinion and said – you can no longer force them to give ivermectin, even though the patient went from 100% ventilator to 50% flow um, after weeks upon weeks of hopelessness. They literally are at the point where they're advocating to take off of life support, and they're admitting there's no options, but you can't use ivermectin. I, I don't know how to get myself into a brain like that. I, I don't know how to, how to understand that. Yeah, well, it's kind of like what Dr. McCullough says. He says you mix politics and medicine and you get politics. But I would actually change it to this. I would say you mix politics and medicine, you get bad medicine every time. So this is what we have in this example with the judge. You've you got politicians and lawyers involved and you get bad medicine. And it's insane. And the American people need to stand up for themselves in some ways because, you know, this, a lot of people are about to get fired for refusing to take the vaccine. But and so they're coming to us looking for exemptions, which we can give, and we do give. We give medical exemptions every day. What's what's my medical reason for giving to my exemption? Because you're an American and you have a right to refuse. That's my medical reason. Any American should be able to refuse this shot. Uh, you can't force people to take an experimental use authorized medicine or and threaten to fire them. It's it's crazy. So. But when people have to be willing to refuse, and if, and if the employer fires you, then turn around and sue them. And guess what? You will win because the laws on the on the on the patient's side. You don't have to take take these experimental poisons, and don't you shouldn't let them fire you, and then hire a lawyer and sue them. Don't take it sitting down. Don't, don't just roll over and take the shot. 
you're going to hate yourself and you're going to have side effects and you're going to hate your employer. Uh, so don't do it. You know, people have to be willing to stand up for themselves in their own right. And what, what, what's going on big picture is we're seeing an attempted Marxist takeover of America. That's what's happening politically. Uh, the one worlders, they want to get rid of America and they want to have the one world government. And this is their plan to do it. And the problem I'm seeing is they're winning. They're winning. They certainly and are America, when they're America is the, losing. When they're blocking yeah. treatment, I see people dying every day. It just it kills me. Um, we're out of time, Doctor Marble. Thanks so much for all you do. My, again, myfreedoctor.com. Um, it's unbelievable. You know, typically, you know, we'll have someone on. They're trying to promote a product or something. You're literally promoting your free service. You just want to help. You just want to save people. The exact opposite of what Pfizer and Merck and all these others are doing. Thanks so much for what you're doing, and please keep us updated. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having us. God bless. And folks, as you could tell, I mean, Dr. Marble is certainly very passionate about what's going on. And I mean, he feels the way he does because he's seen the solution in plain sight since last March. And he's been stymied and blocked. And I know there's a there's a big backlog. Um, I, I, I don't know what more he could do about that other than, you know, he needs more donations. But the donations, unlike other groups, are just to politically agitate. Here is just literally to treat people. Um, get more resources. So again, if you are a doctor or if you are into tech and you want to help out, um, again, you could you could uh, go to myfreedoctor.com and find out more about you know how to get involved, how to help. Um, there are a few other places. My understanding is that Dr. Molly James has just left her job in the ICU because of the mandates now, uh, even though she already had COVID. So she actually has a website, ivermectincan.com. Again, there's no competition here uh, because they're all rendering free service. So I'm just trying to throw out as many as possible. So um, they're all flooded, but I'm hoping maybe she, um, you know, because she's now done with her day job, uh, the good thing about that is hopefully that she now has a little bit of time, uh, extra time, and she's trying to build a team. But again, uh, if you want to contact our guest, that's Ben Marble M D at myfreedoctor.com. So Ben Marble M A R B L E M D at myfreedoctor.com. We'll have a lot more tomorrow. I hope this was helpful, but we're just about out of time. Send this to all your friends and relatives. This could save a life. This literally will save a life. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.